heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? So we'll kick off the program with Dave Eustace. Racing Pulse with Michael Felgate. Morning, Dave. You well? Morning, Michael. Very well indeed. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Um, we'll get to your horses in a moment, but um, no doubt you're looking forward to being part of the panel for today's uh, vet seminar, which is being held at Cranbourne today. Yesterday's was at Ballarat, and uh, Joel Selwood was great in the discussion that he had about how he trained himself as a, a human um athlete compared to how uh, the trainers are now starting to use scientific, uh, I suppose, devices and training techniques for the horses. We also um, heard from um, so many others, including um, from the owner point of view. I thought it was interesting, Brad Spicer, from the aspect of veterinary bills and the transparency to owners as well. And and you've got an important part to play as well. So you're looking forward to this afternoon's uh, vet seminar? Yeah, very much so. I think um, I'll be yeah, learning a lot from, from other people and looking forward to hearing um, Joel's point of view as a human athlete. But um, I think it's great to get different uh, viewpoints uh, across the industry and those uh, maybe just one away from the industry as well and and um, just see what um, way we can probably just benefit the end user as, as you touch on as, as an owner and um, and also really communicate how much effort goes into looking after the horse which is obviously the most important thing and, and getting um, a happy healthy horse um, through its racing career and, and sound at the other end. But, um, yesterday Brad Spicer made the I suppose important point that a lot of the owners, when they get their bills, they, they look at the vet bill and they don't understand what it's all about. And he said uh, to Ben Mason, one of the vets there, maybe there might be an opportunity for the vets and trainers to do a little video report like what the trainers do on the horses. And, and I know from some of the ownership I've had that there are video reports put out when there might be a little issue. But from a vet's perspective to say, hey, your horse, we're going to be giving it this because of X, Y, Z, and this is what it's doing. Is that something that could be beneficial from a, a trainer and owner point of view? Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have a uh, one vet across the whole of Victoria, uh, which really helps with con- continuity and, and communication. And we have the same up in New South Wales as well. So um, we're also, you know, not a stable that are heavy on medication either, um, which which helps with bills and everyone's different, um, but it also helps with communication as well. Um, so I'm sure it's something that we can all um, look at and probably improve on uh, at different different rates. I was speaking to Dr Grace Forbes yesterday and she said that um, you're looking forward to talking about um, ulcers um, within horses, which is something that um, no doubt is very prevalent with the amount of horses you guys train, but from a, uh, an owner point of view and, and also a punter point of view, what effect it could have on the horse and, and the horse's ability to race. Yeah, that, that's probably the most interesting point is that um, horses do develop uh, ulcers in training. And, um, you know, there's a number of different reasons for that. Um, the, the interesting thing and it's something that we are working on is that actually no one's really produced a study on how much it actually does affect performance. And um, we've done a lot of work behind the scenes on that. 
um, you know, the results are pretty clear in, in that there is not actually a consistency with results and uh, some results is some horses um, handle it better than others um, and there's no doubt about that. Um, I think the, what everyone is trying to do is, is prevent them not necessarily um, clean them up once um, they have developed and, and really we, we think it was many different things um, to try and do that and it's still something that we're probably searching for the perfect formula. Is the only way to uh, tell that a horse has an ulcer is to do regular, I suppose, scans or imaging. Um, obviously, a horse can't talk to you, but um, a lot of humans don't even know if they've got a stomach ulcer. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, outwardly, you can make a, you know, educated guess with experience um, that a horse uh, may be suffering from ulcers. They may not look as well. They may not be carrying as much weight as you would like. Um, but that is merely a, a good hunch and you have to go in uh, and have a, a scope put put in uh, to the horse and because a lot of horses at the end of their preparation we will do they look fantastic they've been performing well and um, they have developed ulcers in training so um, it's the only definitive way of doing it is actually doing regular checks how do you get a horse to recover uh, from an ulcer uh, well, there's different, um, there's different ways of doing that. Uh, the most natural way is for a horse to go to the paddock um, and graze on grass, which then, you know, lines the stomach. And, um, you know, that, that's what everyone would love to be able to do. That obviously takes time. Um, combating um, ulcers, there are a number of different treatments to do that. Um, they could be injected once a week with a macrozole, which is a, um, the main product to... To actually um, combat them, uh, it can be in paste form as well, and um, you can change their diet uh, in training as well. I think the most important thing is for them to not have, you know, an empty stomach um, at any time where possible, um, so that the acid in their stomach is not then uh, essentially sort of swilling around during exercise, for lack of a better phrase, and um, that's the sort of main cause for, of an ulcer. One of the interesting discussion points yesterday um, was what is the optimum length of spell and how much does a horse need to have um, off racing throughout a year? Um, have yourself and, and Kieran and the team done any analysis or study into that or is it you treat every horse uh, individually? Um, I wouldn't say we've done necessarily a study, but just from experience of training um, horses having finding it hard to get back up to full fitness by having a long break I think it's really no different uh, to a human and makes a lot of sense they either benefit from a short break and a, and a freshen up but don't lose too much fitness and then in turn don't need as much fitness or exercise um, to get them back up to the mark um, or they have a long break, and um, and that might be sort of eight to twelve weeks. A bet will say um, that a horse needs to have twelve weeks off. Um, doing that can cause an awful lot of other issues, um, mostly putting on too much weight while mm. out, um, and then trying to get a horse fit again when they're very heavy will very often cause a different injury. It might not be bone, but it'll be more likely to be soft tissue. So, um, my short take on it um, would be either give 
a horse a couple of weeks off uh, and let the body rest and then build them back up without having to put too much pressure on or, or give them a long break. And we were talking about the advancement of sports science, and I know um, yourself and Kieran have been at the forefront of that um, with the, the specialists that you guys have involved in your team. And, and how much do you think that's improved your training? And, and is there a lot more still to come in that area, do you think? Yeah, look, I think we're, we're, we're only scratching the surface. I think the most important thing we're probably doing now is, you know, horses do get injured and and um, and analysing the exercise leading into that. And I think with an older horse that is, I wouldn't say fully matured, but is, is close to that, um, if they get injured, um, there's, a, there's a reason for it. It might not just be their exercise, it might be surface. Um, it could be a, a number of things, but to analyse their exercise leading into it is probably the most important thing at the moment and what we've, that we're focusing on. Mm. Uh, just got an interesting question before I move on to your horses this week from a listener asking, uh, Dave, do you change your eating uh, or training patterns depending on when a horse is running during the week and, and does it change if it's a day or night meeting? Uh, it does change um, if it's a day or a night. That's a good question. Um, you know, they have a, a little extra feed um, if they are um, racing at night. Um, we wouldn't change their feed during the week too much. Um, certainly not the type of feed, possibly the amount. Um, sometimes sort of pull their feedback a touch um, leading, uh, leading into a race. But um, their diet itself... Uh, wouldn't change unless you know that um, you know for whatever reason a horse's appetite may may change um, or you know there's there's something that they pick up um, which would mean they're probably not racing that week anyway. Uh, as Grace said yesterday, uh, the vet seminar today is at Cranbourne. I think it kicks off around about 10 o'clock. So if you want to um, head down there, if you're an owner or you're a participant, you're interested, um, you'll hear Dave as part of the panel. So it is absolutely fascinating, well worth a listen if you've got a couple of hours free. So head down to Cranbourne this afternoon. Uh, busy week as always for the team. And I, I might start with what's the, the richest race in Australia this week, and that is the... Uh, the Ingham. Uh, I'm assuming detonated Jack will be heading towards the, the $2 million race on Saturday? Yeah, detonated Jack runs and so does Charterhouse. Um, so, you know, we would love a drop of rain for both. Um, unfortunately, um, the weather forecast sort of doesn't look as mm. kind in that regard um, as it was uh, when they both won on the same day uh, sort of eight, ten days ago. But, um, you know, they're in good form. Uh, they've come through the run well. Uh, you know, obviously terrific prize money. And um, Detonator Jack certainly is very effective on top of the ground. Um, Charterhouse will be less so, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, he was so dominant, uh, Detonator Jack, last start. Um, what about uh, Ballarat on Saturday? Who will you start in the Cup? Uh, we'll, we just could be without a runner in the okay. Cup. Um, Wycliffe is in both. Um, and is mo- the most likely runner, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we just could be without a runner in the cup. Who do you think um, at this stage? You've got entries in most of the races. Are the the main couple that you're looking forward to? Yeah, well, Baroque Road will run in the um, Baroque Road will run in the three-year-old, three and four-year-old Magic Million Sprint with VC, and I think both will be 
um, very competitive, uh, particularly Baroque Road. I think he's, he's come up mm. uh, really well. We gave him a little freshener and have targeted um, this race. Um, Cavello Rampante is in very good form, runs in the 1100-metre 70, got a well-deserved win last start, and um, I think she will be able to um, produce a similar uh, similar performance. And um, if Wycliffe lines up in the 84-2000, he's a horse in really good form. I thought his run at Flemington was excellent um, uh, off a slow pace from rear. So um, we've got some really nice chances. Absolutely. Speaking of the Magic Millions, do we see Spywire, who's entered in the feeling ready, um, coming back this weekend as well? Yeah, he'll run. Um, uh, well, it's very nice. You know, on Saturday morning, Kieran was delighted with him. And, um, yeah, it's a nice timing into the Magic Millions. So um, he's trained on very well. Uh, how do you rank your two-year-olds at this point in time, Dave? Uh, he obviously was, uh, was stunning on debut. Yeah, look, he, he's, I think he's, he's uh, our top seed um, and um, was very impressive. Um, and uh, Erno's cube was quite impressive at uh, Newcastle. She's had a little bit of a setback with the temp. Um, so we, we, we won't be running um, until around Christmas time if all goes well. But, um, yeah, the Colt will be the top seed. Yeah. Uh, have you got any running in the English nursery that we should look forward to on Saturday? Yeah, we've got a nice hand there. Um, Odin's son was very impressive. At, well, very, he ran very well at Flemington. Uh, he just lacked a little bit of race marks, I suppose. And um, uh, But we'll run in, in the English race on Saturday. And he's a really nice horse. Mm. Um, he just could still be a touch green here and said he struggled on the Sydney leg a touch uh, on Saturday morning so um, hopefully he sort of was able to balance up and the penny drops in time and he's a nice horse and we run Beat Joy in the race as well who is the only winner in the race I think looking at the nominations um, yesterday and um, one on debut it's a reasonably short turnaround but um, she's a filly we've always really liked Oh, a lot to look forward to this weekend. Uh, you've got a host of horses ended for tomorrow. Is there one there we should be backing? Um, God, well, I hope so. Well, you might not have them. <laughs> you've got about ten uh, of them in. But uh, we run a horse in race seven called Lording, um, who has drawn awkwardly but has been trialling up very well. He came from... Uh, he was bought by um, Will Bourne and... Um, my racehorse team from New Zealand and he's trialled up well and um, the horse in the maiden tuck is very disappointing at Warnable on debut and we're sort of very flat after that run but he's trialled since gets the seven furlongs and um, it's a nice horse so they'd be the two I think Good on you Dave, uh, appreciate your time and uh, enjoy the, the vet conference this afternoon Okay, thanks very much. Dave Eustace joining us there. So we've got plenty of horses to write down the Black Book over the next few days.